Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. All right, Dan, uh, glad to have you joining us. We're here with an Arsenal update, so we'll just jump into it and talk about the Gunners here. Um, first up, obviously, a big result yesterday against Liverpool. It looked like it was going to be a loss until Lacazette's brilliant finish uh, leveled things up after the 80th minute. Um, what were your thoughts on that match on the whole? Uh, we played much better than I was expecting. I was not expecting good things, especially with um, Bellerin played, but he was apparently not fit at all. I know Lee Dixon said on the NBC broadcast he had been told by someone at training that he was not moving well at all on Friday. Um uh, and then Kalasnich played, I think it was his first Premier League appearance of the season. But I guess it is. Um, so not really having fullbacks looked problematic. Um, we're missing one of our better center backs. So I was, and quite frankly, Liverpool were better than us. So I was quite worried going into the game. Um, was very much expecting to lose. And even if we like got a result, I was expecting to be like scrappy. Or kind of like last year where we were bad for like 80 minutes, but we had 10 minutes of just ridiculousness mm. that got us a point. Um, but it was not that way at all. We played very well. Um, we dominated midfield in a big game for the first time in a long time. Ashaka and Mustafi, the two scapegoats at Arsenal, played out of their skins. They were both fantastic, which is objectively funny. Um, uh, Torreira played very well. I think he got man of the match for BT or whichever English network showed the game. Um, Ozil played well. Holding was fine. Um, like I said, Mustafi was borderline imperious. He was really good. Um, and we, I think we still did give up a lot of chances. So it wasn't some kind of perfect performance that's like, oh my God. But it was pretty encouraging, especially considering what I was expecting going in. Yeah, coming out of it, especially because Liverpool have kind of been touted as title contenders from the start of the season. Uh, Unai Emery mentioned that it seems like you're catching up with some of the top teams in the Premier League. Uh, is that how you view it as well? Um, it's, I'm leaning towards no. It depends on your definition of top. I think we're like catching, I think Tottenham have got worse and we've got better. So we're probably relatively similar to them. Um, Chelsea, if they, I think we're close. I'm not sure how close we're at Chelsea. I think we're probably better than United. Um, I don't think we're that close to Liverpool or City, despite how well we played against Liverpool this week. Um, I think we've only had a few good performances and our results have been pretty good. But again, I'd like to see that over more of an 11-game sample. Um, if we're somehow doing something that makes win, even when our performances are bad, brilliant. Um, that's awesome and completely new. Uh, if we can improve, that's great too. But based on how we've played outside of the Fulham, Leicester, and Liverpool game this season, I'm still hesitant to say that we're catching up to the rest of the league. 
Yeah, I think there was a statistic midweek that was basically saying this is the best every club place one through five has been historically. Not those individual clubs, but like the first place team has the most points at this stage. The second place team has the most points at that stage. So it really does seem like the the gap is separating between the big teams and those that aren't. But I do think you're part of that group um, that's kind of pushing their way in the race. Um, do, do you think that people that think that you could potentially be title challengers even even if slightly are, are getting ahead of themselves a little bit yes very much so um city are, pro- are probably the best team in the world um and liverpool are better than us um but even if we did play well and get a point liverpool probably outcreated us at home um and they really weren't at their best they're they're better than us city are absolutely better than us and Chelsea, they're very. I would lean towards them being better than us. Um, that's not as clear cut as the other two, but I still lean that way. Yeah. Um, the other big news story this week was uh, Aaron Ramsey. Um, sounds like he won't be staying at Arsenal, and then weirdly, a host of Premier League clubs um, being reported to not be interested in signing him. Uh, what do you think is the future for Ann Ramsey? Do you think he is going to leave? And if so, uh, do you think it's a loss for you? And, and where do you think would be a good landing spot for him? Uh, he is going to leave. The contract has been taken off the table. Um, he's gone at the end, either in January or the end of the year, um, depending on if we... Uh, we'd have to sell him to a Premier League club because I think, was it, um, non-Premier League clubs can start negotiating him on a, free co- on a pre-contract um, in January. So we either sell him in England or we lose him for free abroad, um, one of a way, that's what's happening. Um, it's a loss in terms of pure talent. I will admit, as much as I love Aaron Ramsey, he's kind of tough to fit into a team, and we already have a lot of players that are kind of tough to fit. That's kind of a weird fat, or thing about this team. Like, we have some great players, but Aubameyang, Ramsey, Ozil are all very specific players who don't, like, they don't fit into a system as well as other good players might. Like they're very unique and have, do some very specific things very well, but it means they do have to be put like in very specific circumstances to be at their absolute best. And when you have so many of those players, it's kind of hard to fit them all in. So I think Aaron Ramsey is one of our better players, but I'm not sure how he fits. Losing him for free is a terrible, terrible decision, or uh, decision, business, whatever. It, to t- the process leading to him staying and then Emery realizing, oh, I don't really want him, and then us removing the contract after we can no longer sell him is just a farce. It's completely ridiculous um, and a real indictment on the way the club was run this summer, but it is what it is. We got to move past that. Um, but as far as the team, it's a loss in terms of talent, but I'm not sure how he would have fit. So it's it's something we got to deal with, but it could be worse. So really more of a financial loss than a playing one? I would agree. Again, I think Ramsey's probably like a good player, just talent-wise, but he's hard to fit when we already have so many awkward fits. What what level of club do you think he'll land at? I'm based on the fact he's on a free contract. Juventus have to be sniffing around that, but that's on a restriction. He's a Champions League level player, um, if you can fit him. Uh, worse Europa League, and that would honestly be harsh. He's very good when he's fit and in a good situation. Um, he just is a goal-scoring midfielder like very few. Yeah, I read an article that was basically saying the top six club that could use him the most is Tottenham, but I would be very surprised if that that's would, 
crush me. I'm not sure I'd be able to come back on this podcast. But it's also incredibly unlikely. Also, yeah. To ever happen. Circumstances incredibly unlikely. All that incredibly unlikely. But please, God, no. Yeah. I, I mean, second might be Liverpool, but they were like the first club to distance themselves. So Yeah. Also, his hamstrings. I'm not sure how they would do under Klopp's system. Yeah, true. Uh, all right. Uh, then shifting to kind of larger seasonal topics. Um, we discussed last time you were on how they were going to try to get Lacazette and Aubameyang back on the pitch. They're doing it now, but they're doing it the way that you didn't want with Aubameyang being shifted out wide, although I recognize he isn't just staying there the whole match. Is it a case where it's just better to have both of them on the pitch than not? Or do you think there really is a benefit to just using one or the other unless uh, they can be played up front? Well, I'll just say this to start. Ideal circumstances, we play two up top, but that's not happening. So let's not act like that's not an option. Um, if we're only gonna, and then if we're only gonna play one, I would be fine if it was a Bombyang. But it's Emery's made it very clear that's not gonna be the case. So I guess it's better to play both. Um, uh, Bombyang is if you, he's not as good as he is when it, at wide as a striker, and it's a pretty significant difference. Um, I think I think if. I think playing him up top is the best way to go about this, but that's also clearly not going to happen. And Lacazette's been decent. Um, probably not as good as a public opinion would suggest, but still good. Um, yeah, I, I think being up top by himself is probably the best, but since that's not going to happen, I'll deal with bombing wide and Lacazette um, up top. Fair enough. Uh, also, you made some uh, high-profile signings in the summer at the back. Uh, we'll start with uh, Burnt Leno and then kind of spread it out to the rest of the players around there. Uh, how has he fit in in goal lately? Um, he wasn't good against Liverpool, but he's been pretty good. Better than I expected, especially considering the um, of people I know who watched him in Germany. Not many rated him very highly, um, but he's been pretty, pretty good. Um, and quite frankly, he's so much better at his feet, and we look so much better playing out of the back that it, regardless of how he plays, unless he's literally throwing the ball into his own net two times a game, um, Petrček probably shouldn't start another Premier League game, barring injury. Yeah, then in defense, uh, you signed Licksteiner and uh, Socrates. How, how are they beginning on? Uh, Licksteiner's probably washed, but he was only ever meant to be a depth signing anyway, so that's fine. Um, Socrates is better than expected. Um, he's looked more like he did, what was it, two years ago when he was really good at Dortmund? Um, uh, yeah, I think it was two years ago than he did last year. Um, so that's been nice. Um, he's currently not fit, which by holding played. Um, but he's looked better than expected, which is a real big boon because he needs to be, because he's old. He's not getting better. Yeah, then in midfield, you signed Guendoze and Torreira, the latter being a little bit more involved lately, and I thought had a pretty good match there. Um, against Liverpool, how have they been doing? Torreira has been f- fantastic. He's which really we knew, good. by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, we kind of when did the that. midfield struggled uh, at the start of the season it was like you. You have the answer right there, guys. You got the good guy. Why aren't you playing the good guy? I don't. Okay, now he's playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he's been fantastic. Um, we're still conceding chances, but I think that's more. We just don't have a very good defense thing. I he's very good. Um, there's no reason to think he's not. Um, Guendouzi, while he may not be the um, ready-made starter that people were proclaiming to be at the first few weeks of the season. He still looks very good for his age, um, so I'm pretty happy with it. Um, again, I don't think he should be starting with Jaka. I don't think he brings the ball progression. He does. 
Um, but I think he could definitely take his spot in, if he continues to improve in the next year. All right, well, we'll leave it there for today with a little update there for you Arsenal fans. Um, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits, which when Arsenal inevitably start conceding lots of goals again, I will continue to tweet out pictures of dogs whenever they do. So <laughs> follow me for that. Yeah, it's always a good time indeed. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,